0: Welcome to the ultraviolet tide podcast presented by the ultraviolet. Join us every week for a healthy dose of skincare tips and tricks, lifestyle advice, mental health advocacy, and more all rolled into one weekly podcast. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the ultraviolet tide. We are so excited to have another episode of the podcast here. And this episode is really special because we are kicking off Skin Cancer and Melanoma Awareness Month. And we have a fantastic guest to help us do that. Ross, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so, so very much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. And we think this is such a perfect time to... Well, we always think it's a perfect time to talk about all things skin cancer and education and awareness and research, but it's an even better time because people are actively listening as we head into May and skin cancer awareness. People are ready to learn, so we're ready to give them the content they're waiting for.
1: Absolutely.
0: So a brief background on Ross. So Ross Donaldson is the founder and CEO of SunStation USA. He founded SunStation in 2016 after a personal story with his wife and two girls drove him to start the company. And in this episode, we'll even dive a little bit deeper into that founding story because I think it's really powerful and things people can definitely resonate with. SunStation is a weather-resistant, touch-free sunscreen dispenser that provides the highest quality, eco-friendly, reef-safe, all-natural SPF 30 broad-spectrum sunscreen their solution really allows you to enjoy the outdoors worry-free. And just as a brief background, we have so many listeners who love to live in the outdoors. They love to hike, they like to bike, they love to do all of the above. Um, so Ross, this is a very, very tangible topic for everyone. Ross, can you tell us a little bit more about the story behind Sun station and your mission?
1: For sure, absolutely. Thanks again for having me, I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really started it's not a crazy story. I think it's probably a story that we all have experienced. It was like the first perfect spring day. My wife and two daughters spent the entire day outside, picnic, walk through the zoo. And by the early afternoon, we all had sunburns. My wife, who has a background um, in public health, she said, you know, there are hand sanitizer dispensers everywhere. Why aren't there sunscreen dispensers? And that was the idea. That was the concept, something that communities, businesses, and organizations really needed access to um, that could really make a difference uh, in fighting skin cancer and melanoma. So, you know, we are a family like many that we own more sunscreen than anyone should ever need. We just, uh, we always had a good excuse, it was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and so, sunscreen dispensers alleviate that and it, it puts the dispensers where the people are, um, everywhere under the sun. And so, I got to work on the idea. I built a, a prototype um, and I reached out to a local melanoma chapter um, uh, organization called Blackout Melanoma. They invited me out to a, a 5K race here in St. Louis, and I set up the sunscreen dispenser. And hundreds of people came by and tried it out and they were like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Why aren't these everywhere? And it was really, you know, the confirmation that I was looking for, that it wasn't just this, you know, rabbit hole of a business idea that I had, but uh, something that I thought, you know, it it resonated with people. Uh, It was being put to good use and it was going to change lives for the better. So I got to work on SunStation. That was back in 2016.
0: I think your story is something that's so tangible because we can all relate to the first perfect spring day and you forget because you've been inside all winter and it's been cold and you've been wearing turtlenecks and you don't even think about it because you're just so excited to get outside.
1: For sure. It was beautiful, but it was still cool outside. So like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you think you're, you know, going to totally be fine. and, And we weren't. And so it's a common story, um, But it's, it was, it was a reminder that sunscreen is something that really, if you're going to go outside, you need to have it. But again, that the access piece was missing for us on that day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And your wife's background in public health probably aided in kind of that origin story too, because she had some background knowledge on healthcare and skin cancer.
1: For sure. I mean, she definitely knows like how to implement public health. What, what is needed? What are the components to making um, an idea, a reality, and a practice, and something that actually transforms communities in the world. And so, um, education is wonderful and it's super, super important. Access is wonderful and it's super, super important. Um, but unless you kind of marry the two and you provide education with access, um, the change that's necessary um, is only going to go so far. And so, that's kind of what we wanted to do from the get go is couple education about sunburn, skin cancer, melanoma, with the access and the opportunity to use it and put it on whenever you're outside.
0: Snigda, I don't know about you, but this conversation is already reminding me a ton about our conversation with Don Hunt, the president of OnSpot Dermatology. The story is very, very similar. They're trying to solve problems of access. Snigda, I don't know if this conversation is reminding you of that as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I think The power of, you know, you're creating a product that is all about convenience at the end of the day, right? And um, Don's story, I'm not sure if you're familiar with OnSpot Dermatology. His entire, uh, the premise of his entire dermatology practice is that I'm going to bring dermatology to you. You don't have to come to me or you don't have to come to us, I should say. Um, And I think the power of providing that product or service where the people are rather than bringing the people to you Mm -hmm. is where the power lies, yeah. Um, and I think it's absolutely I amazing so. what you're doing. Well, thanks.
0: So you had this idea, you get to test it out at a, an event with blackout melanoma. And then what happened? Where did you go from there?
1: So from there, I had a prototype. I had this idea. I, you know, I was brainstorming names. I had kind of the nuts and bolts of it, but I'd never really run a, a product-based business Um, I'm a musician, I'm a songwriter and I write music for like TV films, documentaries, that kind of stuff. And then like 20 years ago, I launched a creative consulting firm. So I started having other businesses and brands come to me saying like, Hey, you do creative stuff. We're spending like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours towards the creative process. And we don't feel like we have a creative bone in our body. So I started working in that, um, you know, doing that along with my music, Um, so I felt like I had the creative storytelling thing down, but again, like I had never really run a product based business when I wasn't the product, if you will. Um, so I applied into, um, an accelerator program, uh, called capital innovators and it's sort of, you know, your, your shark tank process. Um, there were something like 800 to a thousand applicants from all over the world, Applied and then they narrow it down to six companies that are going to go through like a 12 week, you know, boot camp accelerator. Um, and I was one of the six that got picked, so went from essentially concept and prototype, like very, you know, not sharp looking prototype, but it worked and it functioned and people liked it, um, to creating the product that we have today, um, and it was hugely beneficial. It taught me a lot of the the business things and um, you know stuff that I I guess maybe just took for granted or never really had thought about. I didn't go to business school. I was an English pre-law major, um, so helps kind of provide that groundwork for launching a successful product based business. And then more than anything, just the the community, the network, and the relationships of. Uh, Both regional and global talent was absolutely huge. And uh, you just you can't put a price tag on relationships. That's what any successful business comes down to, I think, um, is how strong those relationships are. So whether that's me learning business or me bringing on a new client, um, how we foster that relationship is how successful I think SunStation is going to be. So I went through that. um, And then the next year I went through another, not really an accelerator, um, but it's called Arch Grants. Um, But it's a similar thing in the St. Louis region that partners you up with all kinds of regional and global talent. Um, And so, you know, over that course of a year or so, uh, really it kind of acted as this boot camp to launch a successful business. And from there, we started getting some big Um, Some big players from like Major League Baseball, um, some football stadiums, large and small communities all over the United States started buying in and it just kind of trickled in and became this um, somewhat of a word of mouth product, but also just, you know, as more and more people were using it and seeing it, um, the validation that it provided us as a brand and as a product um, that worked and was, you know, working towards the benefit of the health of communities was huge. Yeah,
0: and I think something so powerful about your story is, you know, talking about going through the Capital Innovators program and being one of six mm-hmm. out of, did you say eight hundred to a thousand applicants?
1: Yeah, I think there were like eight to nine hundred applicants. My particular cohort. Um, so I mean, it was it was this huge pool of, I mean, just the most brilliant ideas and people that you've ever met. And then I come along with like this super simple you know, sunscreen dispenser. Um, but it just made a lot of sense. And the story was compelling and it was like, everybody's had a sunburn. Everybody either has had, or knows somebody that's had skin cancer or melanoma. So it's, I'm not trying to prove this far off distant concept. It's something that we all have struggled with or are struggling with. And the solution was so Mm -hmm. simple. Um, it was a, it was a great fit.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And what you're talking about is something that we experienced ourselves that, you know, when we first launched, people were saying, well, why you guys? Why you guys? I'm like, because the solution is so simple. There is just a need and there yeah. are consumers who are asking for it. So the solution doesn't have to be a rocket ship. You know, it can be as simple as, exactly. you know, just providing access to things that you need to stay safe. It's as simple as that. Yeah. So when you're going through the process, did you ever get any feedback that you're like, oh man, they don't get it. They're not, they're, they don't quite understand.
1: Uh, I mean, every now and then people would get hung up on the concept of like, so you're just going to give this away for free. And I'm like, Hmm. yeah, like, you know, like after you use the restroom you don't have to pay for the soap, but we understand that like, Mm -hmm. as a a communal good is that we all have clean hands. And they're like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm like, Yeah. Like, I mean, this is, we can't remember when that started, but it's just commonplace. And so I think it will become commonplace uh, for things like sunscreen to be offered, um, you know, everywhere and become as synonymous as hand sanitizer dispensers and soap dispensers and things like that. So, um, you know, you that's kind of the, the initial pushback. Like, well, how are you going to make money? I was like, I think there will be communities and organizations and businesses that are willing to spend the money one because they know it's the right thing to do. And hopefully that's all it takes. But two, like we live in this kind of experience economy. And if you can like spend time with me or my business or my organization, and at the end of the day, you've had a wonderful time and everything you remember is positive positive. You're going to come back and do it again and spend more money and tell your friends and all that stuff. And so like, there's one of two things you're going to go outside and your whole family is going to get sunburned and you're going to leave early and everybody's going to be pissed. And like, man, we all forgot our sunburn. It was just, it's this negative thing. Or you can say, Oh my gosh, this place provided like really quality sunscreen. We stayed longer. We sp- spent more money at the concession stand. Like, And it's just this positive thing. Uh, so That's kind of what we're banking on. And so far it's working.
0: Yeah, I love it. And one thing we always talk about is how far ahead Australia is in the U.S. And sun stations and sunscreen, accessible sunscreen is something that they have been doing for years that the U.S. is finally just starting to understand. For sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think a lot of your um, more progressive countries, countries that are more proactive when it comes to all things public health. Um, are always going to be you know the early adopters and the innovators within um, within public health whatever that may be. Um, so even as we started selling, um, you know, I assumed maybe naively like, well, we're going to sell to Florida and we're going to like te- like all the hot tech like Texas Southwest, but it was all like your you know. Northeast, like your very progressive states that understand healthcare and prevention. And again, my wife, she's like, well, yeah, of course, those are going to be the ones that buy into it. But it just it didn't cross my mind. It's like, no, it's going to be the sunny places. Um, But that's not necessarily the case. Like, you know, it is now, but the early adopters were definitely the people were like, hey, skin cancer and melanoma is like a, a real thing that affects people in real tangible ways. And now there's a preventative, you know, solution out there. And they were, you know, our first, our first end. So, yeah, we can learn a lot from those types of communities and, uh, and countries like Australia and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And one thing, you know, as you're talking that I get really excited about is a product like this can really remove barriers for less fortunate communities. You know, if a brand wants to come in and put their logo on your product, it's marketing for them, but it's also providing a necessary resource for others who might not be able to afford it. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean that that was always one of the questions, like from one, like the coaches in the accelerator programs are like, well, who are your natural competitors? And like, well, it's it's over the counter, you know, purchases of you know a tube of sunscreen. They're like, why well, aren't you worried about that? Because like it's at every convenience store and like gift shop. And I'm like, I mean, not really because it's really expensive and about thirty percent of the population wears sunscreen. So. There's tremendous space for growth. And so then you have to kind of start asking um, yourselves the question, like, what are those barriers? And that was really, when I launched the company, I tried to figure out every way that it could fail and then try to work around that. And that was like one of the biggest things is like sunscreen is expensive over the counter. How can we make it not so? So that communities, businesses, organizations can buy it, throw their logo on it, their messaging, you know, whatever they their sun safety messages and stuff like that, and make it available to as many people as possible and remove those barriers. Um, And so that's, that's what we did.
0: It's so I mean, It's so cool. And I love that this is happening. And anytime there's an innovation in the sun safety space, I am just a huge nerd and I geek out about it. And I get so excited because when people say, well, in a gift shop, you can just buy sunscreen. Well, they'll probably have a premium on that because they know you forgot and you have no other option. So it's not always accessible to people.
1: Yeah. And and we definitely ran into that. Like early stages of the company, like you would pitch to a zoo or something. And they were like, well, why would we like spend money and buy it from you when we can sell like an ounce of it in the gift shop for like $15. And I'm like, well, how much product are you like actually going through? Cause nobody's, you know, spending 15 bucks for that little tiny, you know, a couple uses of sunscreen. And mm-hmm. you, you have this advertising opportunity or this messaging opportunity with our ad board. So it could be their own internal, like upcoming events or their own, you know, whatever they want to say, or they can reach out to all the other, you know, corporations and foundations and organizations that are marketing, you know, inside the zoos and the aquatic centers and the theme parks and things like that to say like, hey, this cancer center cares about your health or, hey, this dermatology practice cares about your health. Um, and it it uh, helped alleviate some of those you know, costs and um, I guess maybe questions early on to see if it was going to be worth their time and money.
0: Yeah. I think that's so smart having the advertising board on the back of the Sun Station because like you said, yeah. maybe it's not a zoo paying for it. Maybe it's a local dermatology brand that's trying to reach out to people right. that has a QR code on there that allows you to visit their practice. Exactly. I mean, it's so smart and, and the cost doesn't have to be astronomical for, you know, a zoo or wherever it's going.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they're spending like a little less than two cents per application. And so the, the, the money that they're spending for the eyeballs just on the advertising alone is like more than pays for itself. Plus, you know, you can have recurring revenue because you can just buy more sunscreen and fill it back up. It's not like, you know, you're, you're, you've got to throw this away at the end of a weekend or a music festival or something like that. It's something that can be used event after event after event.
0: So that also speaks to the fact that this is also an eco-friendly product. I mean, it's not a single use option. It can be replenished time after time again.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a lot of, um, I mean, I can remember back So like an Earth Day Festival, I think it was like 2014, 2015. And there were some organizations handing out like the wet wipes with sunscreen on it. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And now there's like 150,000 pieces of trash, like, you know, strewn across this, you know, big, big park area. And with a dispenser, there's no trash, like there's none at all. Um, People are like, maybe they look at a logo and then they throw it away and it's way more expensive than, you know, just buying a refill for your dispenser and putting them out there. So, yeah, it's a lot more sustainable. Um, You know, you can use it a lot more. You can change up what the messaging says and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, sustainability has always been, that was one of those early barriers, you know, that we identified. And I was like, this is something that we want to, obviously, as a a growing company, why don't we just practice sustainability from the get-go and identify Mm -hmm. that? and talk about it and uh, make it part of the brand and who we are.
0: So smart. I mean, you're not wrong about all the trash after big events. And, you know, you mentioned... MLB and NFL. And that is a huge problem as well because I mean, I got one of the worst sunburns of my life going to a baseball game where they had a stadium bag policy. Oh, yeah, for sure. Where I couldn't fit my sunscreen in the bag. Yeah. So I didn't even have it. Yeah. I mean,
1: stadiums are terrible. And even just traveling in general. I mean, with liquid, you can only take so much liquid. And, you know, how many tiny things of sunscreen are you going to take, you know, to a resort trip or something like that? Um, so then people just forget it. And then like, then you're at the resort and you're in the same situation. Am I going to spend $50 on this, you know, tube of sunscreen in the, in the gift shop or whatever, us moving into resort and beach areas and pools and hotels and that kind of stuff has I think really freed up, you know, some of that people just saying, well, I'll just do without and suck it up and get the sunburn and, you know.
0: Right. I know. Yeah, it's hard when you don't have any other option, and you know you look back on you're like, oh, how could I be so stupid? And then you remember all of the annoying barriers that literally made it impossible for you to take charge of your son and Sun Station.
1: Yeah.
0: So you mentioned, you know, going into resorts and, and places like that. Is that kind of what the trajectory looks like for the next five years for Sun Station?
1: You know, that is obviously the hope. Our hope, I mean, it's it's a catchy line, but like everywhere under the sun, that truly is like where we think Sun Station is headed um, and where it needs to be headed. And like you said, like May is a great time to do this because it's Melanoma Awareness Month. Like they start moving sunscreens to the end caps at all the stores now because it's getting warmer. But like the reality is, is if you go outside, you're going to spend any time in the sun you need to be wearing sunscreen. So we really hope, um, you know, a few things, it it goes everywhere, it's everywhere under the sun, but it's also, a you know, seven days a week, 365 a year kind of thing. Um, and a lot of our communities and businesses do make it available year round, um, especially our warmer climate ones. Um, so, you know, it, since 2016, we've got tens of thousands of, of dispensers in all 50 states, Canada, Mexico, Puerto Rico, the Virgin islands. And in the next five years, we really want to see it, you know, just go global. Um, Cause that's the one thing about the sun is it is everywhere. So um, there's, there's no reason for us not to um, we get, you know, we get emails and calls every single day from people all over the world asking about it. Um, Because we're located in the United States, they end up spending more on shipping than, you know, the product itself. So for us to be able to go global means having some stations, uh, distribution centers global. But um, it's definitely the trajectory that that we're headed and just making it commonplace. I mean, the usage, the access paired with education to where when people go outside, they go to a park, um, you know, they make a mental note of like, okay, the restrooms and the drinking fountain is there. Where's the sun station? And it's just, that's that's the name that they're thinking.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's too far off to think of having sunscreen as accessible as hand sanitizer because you think back, you know, 2020, those hand sanitizer stations popped up everywhere almost overnight. So yeah, you yeah. know that the, right. the opportunity and the resources are there to make it happen and that companies you know sure. can invest it in if they see enough interest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, most definitely.
0: So now that we are officially in May and Skin Cancer Melanoma Awareness Month, what is one piece of advice that you would extend to people as they head off on summer vacations?
1: Uh, Just don't neglect things like sunscreen, the shade, clothing to cover up. Kind of try to get over the idea that like, you want to get that base tan or that base burn or, you know, I mean, I lifeguarded, mm-hmm. I lifeguarded growing up and like you get that first good burn and then you're good the rest of the summer. And that was just because, you know, nobody else was telling me otherwise. And so um, just know that like the misery and the pain that you might have for a week of a sunburn is uh, it actually can be a lot more detrimental than that. And so uh, lather up, uh, lather your kids up, uh, start it young, make it a family practice. Uh, I think one of the best ways for your kids to do it is for them to see you do it. You know, if they see you practicing healthy behavior, they're going to grow up always practicing healthy behavior. So, um, just little, I mean, it's all really simple stuff, but it's, it's the simple stuff that makes the biggest difference most, most often.
0: Yeah, completely agree. And those are some great tips. I mean, if kids see parents doing it and they grow up learning that you have to apply, it's kind of crazy the impact that will have later in life when they're seeing people, you know, roasting out in the sun in their teenage years and, you know, instilling those good practices earlier on could honestly save their lives, which sounds dramatic, but it's true.
1: Absolutely. It is. It is true.
0: Well, Ross, thank you so much for your time and for sharing a little bit more about Sunstation USA. And I know for anyone listening, they're going to want to connect with you. So, where can they find you um, on Instagram, website, all of the above to connect?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we're, I think, on all the social media platforms. So look for us on you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can go to our website, SunstationUSA.com. Um, you can find out all about our products. You can kind of see pictures of our dispensers out in the wild. Uh, Super easy to just shop online. Um, If you order it, we ship it the very same day. So um, you get your products within three to five business days. And um, we love working with people that are looking for cool creative ways to customize those ad backboards. So um, even if you're not a community or a public health department or an aquatic center, but you're just a company or a person that cares, um, you can visit the website, make a purchase and make a donation to you know your local outdoor place that you like to spend a lot of time and, uh, and really make a difference in your community. So check it out. Yeah,
0: for sure. And we'll link um, your website and all your social handles in the show notes so people can easily connect with you. Awesome. But Ross, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ultraviolet Tide podcast, a weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of skincare tips and tricks, lifestyle advice, mental health advocacy, and more all rolled into one weekly podcast. You can find us at lowultraviolet.com and wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you next week on the Ultraviolet Tide.